Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. I'm going to throw it over to Jake straight away, who joins us this week, who's going to take us through the uh, weekend results from the previous weekend. Yeah, let's get to the weekend. We've missed a, a couple of weeks um, on the pod, but we'll get straight into this weekend, starting on Friday night, 1st of November. Barnsley and Bristol City drawing 2-2. Um, moving on to Saturday, the early kickoff, Swansea winning 2-1 um, to continue their good form following up on the win over Cardiff. Blackburn came from behind late to beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. Huddersfield continue their good form under the Cowley brothers 1-0 away at informed Brentford. Cardiff and Birmingham played out an entertaining game with six goals. Cardiff running out 4-2 winners. A guy being sent off on both teams so lots going on in that game. Derby beat Middlesbrough 2-0 with uh, Borough having a man sent off. Hull with Probably the surprise result of the round, I'm sure we'll come on to that. Beating Fulham 3-0 at Craven Cottage, and what was a great performance from them. Leeds beating QPR 2-0. Nottingham Forest beating Luton 2-1. Reading beating Millwall 2-1. And then moving on to Sunday, we had your Preston team, James, beating Charlton 1-0, which is a very good result considering Charlton's home form this season. And then moving on to yesterday, um, West Brom beating Stoke 2-0 to ramp up the the relegation fears amongst Stoke fans following the mutual consent sacking of uh, Nathan Jones, whatever you want to call it. He's he's gone and they've lost 2-0 in the first game without him. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Preston there. We're top, uh, down to second now after West Brom's win last night. Um, Sort of first player or team that stood out for me, really, West Brom, going away to Stoke. Obviously, Stoke have got that turmoil with the managerial situation at the moment, which we'll get on to uh, sort of in a little while. But I thought very professional performance by West Brom last night. Got the early goal through Matt Phillips, absolutely carved Stoke open for that one, which just, you know, further highlights their defensive frailties at the moment. And sort of looking down their fixture list to come, I'm not sure where the points are going to come from. Um, but going back into Saturday, a couple of sort of performances there team-wise that I wanted to to pick up on. Huddersfield, again, as you mentioned, Jake, carrying on that impressive uh, start under the, the Cowley brothers, going away to Brentford, which a bit of Preston fan is one of the places that I fear going to the most when the fixtures come out. I always look for Brentford away as a, as a really tricky game for a team that usually finish a roundabout where we do. Um, so for Huddersfield to go there, get that win, you know, goal halfway through the second half. Um, great for them. Obviously, they play us next at the weekend, so I would have liked them to have, uh, have dropped points in that game. But, you know, when the Cowleys took in, they were, you know, joint bottom with Stoke. And, and you look at where they are now in the table, 18th. Even though, obviously, I say 18th, you know, not a million miles away from from Brentford, only, I think, five points in it now. And, you know, they're starting to put a run together, which is climbing them up the table slowly but surely. And 
you know, away from that relegation zone where, where um, you know, I thought they'd be about mid-table this season. So if they can get to there and obviously, you know, look forward rather than back over their shoulders, you know, that's uh, a job well done for, for the Cali brothers so early on in their tenureship at Stoke. Um, second performance that stood out for me, uh, one that cost me my accumulator, the only game that let me down was Hull going away to Fulham. I thought Fulham, you know, Hull have been a bit indifferent so far this season. Uh, you know, decent win against Derby last time out and, and away at Forest. But then you couple that with, with two defeats to QPR and Huddersfield. So a bit hit and miss, but obviously two wins on the bounce going into Fulham. And, you know, many people would have predicted Fulham to to run out comfortable winners there. You know, a, a good side at home. And Hull really did the, uh, did the business on him, got that early goal. Uh, I think after about 10 minutes, Bowler scored it and then... Bowen, you know, we speak so often on this show about his quality, getting that goal midway through the second half, and then, you know, they seal that 3-0 win with about five minutes to go. So really impressed with them. Other games that stood out for me, I thought Blackburn did well to beat Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, those two late goals come in in the 88th and 91st minute. Great result for them after uh, bouncing back from the defeat to was uh, the previous weekend, going down 3-2, having been 2-0 up in a derby match. You know, he's never good for the, the morale of the club. So vitally important for them to get back to winning ways and, and that keeps them sort of nicely in sort of lower half and mid-table at the moment. But yeah, standout performances for me. Were those three over the weekend, Jake? Are there any different that you've got to me or do you sort of agree with, with the ones I've gone for there? Yeah, I think I've got to agree with uh, the ones you've got went for there. I think um, Huddersfield to go away to Brentford was a huge win. Um, Brentford have not really hit the form this season, but they, they were starting to come into it. They'd won three three on the bounce prior to the game. I saw them go away to QPR um, a week ago, and they looked really good in that game um, and looked like a team ready to to go on and challenge for the playoffs, and, and I still think they will. They're four points off it at the moment, and I think they're they're a team on the up, so Huddersfield to go there and get that win was, was huge. And it was the sort of systematic of what Brentford do. They go on these good runs and they go and lose a game at home. Um, but credit to, to Huddersfield and the job that the Cowleys are doing. We, we we saw Nathan Jones struggle at Stoke after coming up with a big repetition from the lower leagues. And it, and it seems that the Cowleys are not going to follow suit and, and sort of flatter deceive in the championship. They look ready to, to do well at this level and perhaps go, go even further. So... Really positive start for them. Um, another team I just want to quickly mention was um, Barnsley. Obviously, got a new manager in there. Um, many people didn't think that they'd be able to, to push on after Stendhal, um, but Adam Murray's come in and such low expectations. But I thought to come back from two goals down to draw against Bristol City at home, really, really, really good result for them and a, and a positive performance. I think they were much the better team. Um, if you look at the stats, they almost had treble the amount of shots that, that Bristol City did. And, and I think Mowat looks really good in the middle. Woodrow looks like he's going to score goals at this level. Um, and they just, they look like there's more to come from them. Um, they're down in 23rd at the moment, but if you look at Barnsley and Stoke, um, I think you, I'd prefer to be Barnsley right now, to be honest. They've got one more point, obviously. I haven't won since the opening day, but... That was a performance they can really build on, um, and I think that they, the other teams at the bottom, Reading, Wigan, Luton, Middlesbrough, um, none of them look too great. So I think that Barnsley have, have got an opportunity now to push on in, in the game on Saturday, which I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk 
about a little bit later is uh, the Barnsley-Stoke game. And I think that Barnsley, they play like they did against Bristol City, are going to win that game. And, and, and I think that would be huge if they managed to do that. Yeah, I agree with you there with the Barnsley result. I really did fear for them after, you know, sort of recent results. I think we put six past them and, and you know, for a team that have just come up, we're struggling to, to see that happen. You know, alarm bells do start ringing. So great for them to battle back from two goals down against Bristol and uh, obviously even better for, for Preston as well because it kept Bristol off our tails. Um, moving on then to individual performances, there's a few that, I've got listed down here. Obviously, I went first on results, so I'm going to throw it over to you first of all, Jake. Um, are there any individual performances that stood out from you? I've got two in particular. Um, one may be obvious, one maybe you know not as much, but it'd be interesting to get your thoughts first on this. Yeah, I think I, I want to start with uh, Jared Bowen. I think he's just a class act at this level. Um spoken about him so many times in this podcast, and I'm surprised we're still talking about, it, talking about him on this podcast. He's a Premier League player. Um, and he's just so impressive in, in the way that he, he sort of plays any role for Huller. I think he started uh, as the false nine, sort of the, the striker on Saturday, and he, he played so well in that role, um, and he's just continuing to get better and better. Um, I think the fact that Hull have got a few big wins recently is, is mainly down to him. Um, three wins in a row now, and I think that he is alongside Grisicki, um, I think Bowler as well is, is another talent. They've got some really good attacking players on that team, but Bowen, Bowen is, is the star, and he just continues to, to play as well as he does. And He's definitely a player that I'd like to see play for my club in the near future. Um, I think the other one for me, uh, perhaps an obvious one, getting a getting a hat-trick at the weekend. Probably He's not going to get many hat-tricks in his career, but Joe Rawls for Cardiff was a really, really good performance. It was important that they bounced back from the... Derby Day defeat to Swansea. Obviously went down to ten men in just at the beginning of the second half and, and at a two one lead, but they managed to push on and, and go three one up um against eleven men, which was really impressive and rules was just the star two two penalties of course, which maybe boosts his stats a little bit. He probably wouldn't get a hat trick in most games, having two penalties does help but you know he got Got a goal from open play, completed seven tackles in the game, um, all action display, and he, he's a player that could really push on from this. And Cardiff, I, I said at the start of the season, I thought they might challenge for promotion. Currently seven points off that, so it's not beyond the rounds of possibility, but there's a lot of teams between them and, and Preston in second. But I definitely think there's more to come from them, um, and this could be a performance that that leads to better things for them. Yeah, I was going to mention Rawls as well. Obviously, silly of us not to for getting a hat-trick, even if two were penalties. But, you know, great performance by him. Really sort of led that, that charge against against Birmingham. Obviously, been down to, to 10 men for the majority of the second half as well. It would have been easy for them to, you know, take their foot off the gas and, and sort of invite pressure. But to run out 4-2 winners, you know, very comfortable for them. Uh, and I think, you know, Rolls was, was the key man for them there. The one that I wanted to pick up that wasn't sort of as obvious was from the game last night as we're recording this, the, the Stoke-West Brom game. I thought Romain Sawyers, again, was absolutely fantastic. Best player on the pitch by a mile. Um, uh, the amount that they paid for him in the summer, he, he's looking like an absolute steal. Uh, you know, he's come and slotted into that midfield. But West Brom so far this season... 
And, you know, he's he's not looked out of place whatsoever. Fantastic signing. You know, each game I see him, he seems to get better and better. And if they can keep him playing as well as he is doing with the likes of Dan Garner and, and Pereira as well, you know, I, I think West Brom are going to be that team that could potentially run away with the league this season. Obviously, they're just ahead of us at the moment. But, you know, if I was looking at, at Preston and West Brom squads and, and, and that depth in there, obviously, you'd choose West Brom every time. So they're really sort of hitting their stride at the right time now. They were a little bit sort of shaky at the start of the season, found themselves in mid-table, but really put that run together now. And, and you know, it's going to take some some stopping for, for a team to, to stop them, especially when they play, you know, as well as they have been doing in recent weeks. And I think to go back to Romain Soyuz, he's been at the heart of that. Um one other player that stood out for me, uh, sort of selfishly in the Preston game, and he doesn't get a lot of credit, was Joe Rafferty. Comes in from Rochdale midway through last season, you know, wasn't really sort of playing, and he's coming this season, he's a right-back by trade, but playing left-back with Andy Hughes, been out injured, and, you know, he, he made it into, I think it was the Who Scored Team of the Week. Uh, could be wrong on that, but definitely one of the sort of higher-profile Team of the Weeks, and he was absolutely fantastic, you know, kept Conor Gallagher in his pocket for most of the game, didn't let him, you know, get on the ball and dictate play, which he's done so well for Charlton so far this season. So massive credit to him. And, and he's looking like, you know, one of the first names on team sheets at the moment, which if you'd have said that to me at the start of the season, you know, I wouldn't have believed you. So credit to how well he's got his head down and, and how well he's played for us. And, you know, it's players like that that have really took their chance this season, which, you know, leads us to be, you know, in the top two at the moment. Um, but moving on then to, to the first topic I wanted to talk about, we touched on the Stoke a little bit there, mentioning the West Brom game. A lot of the build-up for the Preston game over the weekend was was the Alex Neal situation. A lot of talk of him, you know, especially on TalkSport reporting that he'd already agreed to go, which, you know, was absolutely ridiculous because he was on the train travelling down with our squad at the time to Charlton, so... Not sure how well that would have gone down if he was fresh out a deal, you know, in a separate carriage to the squad, and and ultimately came out and said, you know, he's happy at Preston, doesn't want to leave, and and you know, who can blame him? You look at us and Stoke at the moment, and you know, it's it's a no-brainer. Um, obviously, Stoke, a lot of sort of pedigree around them from being a Premier League team quite recently. Where do you see their managerial search going next, Jake? I'm looking at the sort of the managerial odds at the moment. Alex Neal's still second for some reason, even though he's he's distanced himself from that. Tony Pulis first in the running. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see him go back there. But then looking down the list, you know, there's a few decent managers at this level. Chris Hutton, Neil Harris spring to mind, um, Juve Rosler as well. What kind of appointment do you think they go for at the moment? Do you think they need someone in who can just steady the ship and keep them up? Or do you think there needs to be a, a longer sort of focus in mind in terms of getting back to the Premier League with this next appointment? I think the most important thing for Stoke um, is to bring in a firefighter. See this as um, 31 games to, to stay in the Championship. Um, I think it would be stupid for them to think on the long term. Um I think the last the last sort of team in a similar position was Sunderland. Um they made an early managerial change and they brought in Chris Coleman as a sort of a, a man to build the club and to um progress it um over time. It was a long term appointment. Uh, Coleman was never a, a man to come in and keep a team up. That was never his um style and the fact he'd been out of the club game for so long. It was definitely a long term appointment. Um, and they ended up going down and it didn't really work out. So I think they've got to think short term. Um, 
you look at Sunderland now, um, struggling to get out of League One. We've seen it with um, Sheffield United in the past, how long they were down there, Leeds were down there for a few years. If you, if you drop down there, you might you might not come straight back up. Um, so I think they need to stay in the Championship. That's got to be their, their number one aim. And, and the guy leading the bet in Tony Pulis, he, he will probably deliver that. Um, I don't think it'll be great to watch. He, he's obviously done well at the club before, so I think that would probably help the supporters. I think there wouldn't be many clubs that would welcome Pulis in, but Stoke might be one that a little bit warmer to him. I think he he knows the Championship, managed there a couple of scenes with Middlesbrough. Um, he's never been relegated in his uh, managerial career, so that's obviously a, a massive plus. Knows the club, knows the area. I think it, it's a... It's one. It's a boring appointment. It's not very exciting, but it's one that makes sense. And if you can manage to get Pulis in to start with on a, on a deal to the end of the season, I think that that benefits everybody. Um, if he keeps Stoke up, it boosts his uh, CV after a disappointing spell with Middlesbrough. Gets him back on the, you know, gets him some credit in the bank. It keeps Stoke in in the Championship. Um, so I, I think that's a, a move that suits all. Other ones, um, the other names on on the on the betting are not too great. I don't think. I think Hewton's one that you'd want to bring in for a longer term. And and I know at Brighton he did come in and keep them up to start off with, but I, I'm not sure if he'd want to take Stoke on in in its current guys. I think Pardew's up there, but he hasn't managed for a while, and I don't think he's a great manager. <laughs> um, no, Harris would be a would be a fun one, but I think it's a big maybe a little bit too big of a job for him. Straight out of Millwall, um, Alex Neil would have been a great appointment, but again, it's one more for the long term, and and I, he'd be a, he'd be an idiot to take it really. Um, so I think yeah, I think Pulis makes the most sense. Um, if if they weren't to get Pulis, I'd go for Neil Harris out of the out of the managers on the list. Um, but yeah, I think that that Pulis is the one that makes the most sense, and as as a short term appointment. Don't think it would be too bad. I think he would probably guarantee them survival, and 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 where they are at the moment, on eight points from fifteen games, survival would look pretty good. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think looking down the list, you know, Pulis would be, would probably be my choice if, if I was sort of in the Stoke hierarchy, obviously. Knows the club inside out. Quite a few of the players who are there at the moment, you know, played under him and, and you know, still has that connection with the club as well. So I think, yeah, as you said, out of the, the candidates that are there, unless someone comes in from left field that, that isn't on that list at the moment, I think Pulis would be best suited to keeping them in the division. Obviously, the, the rest of them are, you know, appointments that you'd love to make if you were not in any real danger of going down, but in sort of a, a position where you you sort of wanted to build in the championship. So kind of where like a Huddersfield are at the moment. So pulled away from the relegation zone and looking to build, which obviously Huddersfield, it's worked out for them bringing the Cowleys in. Looking to push on now, I think Stoke, with sort of that extra portion of the season gone and just how badly they're playing, I, I really would worry for them if they brought in you know, a, a, a Chris Hewton or someone like that. Not to say he's a bad manager by by no stretch of the imagination, but I, I think at that stage of the season, you know, keeping them in the division, you know, is is absolutely paramount. Obviously, you just have to look at the likes of Sunderland who have gone, you know, down into League One as well and how difficult it is to get back out of it. And, and you know, it can really sort of set you back as a club, especially one that's been in the Premier League and, you know, the majority of their squad are on are on sort of substantial wages. I read the other day that they've got, I think it's £46 million worth of players out on loan at the moment, which for a team who are at the foot of the championship table, you know, that's a ridiculous sum of money and, and really couldn't afford to go down into League One with, with obviously that on the wage bill. So I think, yeah, to echo your point, Jake, I think Tony Pulis, while it may not be the most exciting appointment, I think that's where Stoke are at the moment. And for them to stay in the division, you know, they need someone who can immediately come in and, and turn results. And I think Tony Pulis would do that. Um, but moving on to sort of the second topic that I just wanted to quickly touch on before we, we move into the previews for next weekend. Obviously, since we last recorded um, a podcast, Richard Keogh sat by Derby, obviously. Looking from the outside in, uh, you know, while I'm not condoning his part in, in the whole incident, very harsh considering the other two of, uh, you know, still playing for the club. Tom Lawrence got two goals at the weekend, uh, you know, purposely left him out of my uh, sort of my players that impressed me at the weekend just because of obviously this Richard Keogh sort of situation that's gone on. Do you think it was right getting rid of him, considering he wasn't sort of one of the the ones driving, or would you look at that in the sense that you know he's the club captain and, and should be doing better? And obviously, do you think then that the uh, the sort of punishment on on the other two involved, um, Lawrence and Mason Bennett, were were just, or do you think that there should have been you know more consequence for them? Um, I think it's pretty ridiculous that Derby have done this. I think if you're going to make such a stand, you have to do it with all three, surely. Of, 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 but, um, but the fact that Richard Keogh is, is the older one, doesn't really have much of a resale value. Um, he's out injured for God knows how long, so he's not going to be, he's not going to be useful to them for, for well over a year. So they, I think they've just looked at it and just wanted to get him off the wage bill. Just don't want him to be around. They just don't want him to be their problem anymore. Um, and to treat an individual like that, um, regardless of you know how how he may have acted, is, is quite poor. Um, I think there's no defending what um, all three of them did. They they all should have known better. 
um they all were were very reckless and and on another you know it, it's lucky that nothing no nothing more serious happened and nobody you know lost their life because of it because it, it that easy could have been the case um so yeah i think it's very hard it's it's quite poor from derby to be honest i think it's it's they're not doing it because of what richard Keogh did um they're doing it because they just don't want him to be their problem anymore they just don't want him they don't want those wages on the on the wage bill they don't want um you know to put him through a recovery program they don't want to do any of that so they've just washed their hands of him and if he did not you know sustain these injuries if he was available like the other two are now um i doubt they would have made the same decision um and and I guess there's also a case that Mason Bennett and Tom Lawrence uh, are younger. Both of them are, you know, worth millions of pounds um, compared to Richard Keir, may, who maybe isn't. So it, it's very, it's very poor from Derby, I think. Um, and and I think the other two have probably got off a little bit lightly in in how they've been punished for it. I, I, you know, they didn't really miss much football. Um, Wales didn't continue to pick Tom Lawrence I don't think that either of them have really suffered for it and if Richard Keogh wasn't even one of the drivers who's um who's had the biggest punishment you know he's he was the he was the heart and soul of that derby team for a long time he, he's club captain and now he, he's without a club and he's not going to play the, the sport that he loves and he's not going to have a profession now for well over a year um so he is you know, whatever you think of the of his actions and whatever, um, for somebody to be in that position is, you know, you got to feel for them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know the the other two have got off, you know, very lightly. Can considering sort of the situation around the three of them, obviously those two back playing, you know, more or less straight away. I think they only missed a game or so each. Um, obviously, Tom Lawrence back into the starting eleven straight away. And, and you know, for, for Keogh, who has been the club captain, been there, I believe, over seven years, you know, to just be sort of tossed to one side like that, um, as you said, you know, the, the the sort of the reasoning looking from the outside in is that fact that he doesn't have a resale value and, and they don't want to be paying his wages to be, you know, sat at home for, for the next year or so, um, you know, is very poor from Derby. And I think, you know sort of reading in the paper today you know i think him and his agent if there is scope there for an appeal on that 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 they would look to do that but if i was richard keogh now I'd, i don't think i'd want to go back anyway uh with the way that the club's treated him um obviously very stupid on his part to, to get in the car um that, that obviously led to the incident you know being the club captain as well I believe that they sort of refused the lift home that was put on by the club so it's not as if the club just sort of had no idea that they were out um you know as the club captain even if you have had a drink there is that responsibility there especially with younger players as well so by no means condoning his actions but I do think it's it's very poor on Derby's behalf you know especially the the one player out of the three that was you know seriously injured as is the one that's ultimately you know been been sacked and let go from it um but moving on just before we, we wrap up um going to preview a few of the weekend's games i'm going to start with actually derby county going away to nottingham forest at the weekend big derby match it's the lunchtime kickoff on saturday forest have 
you know, dropped a few points recently, but still in and around that playoff hunt. How do you see the game going, Jake? Do you think Forrest can get back to winning ways at home, or do you think Derby will turn up and and sort of look to take points on the road away at Forest? Yeah, I think based on the, both teams are very inconsistent. Um, but from what I've seen um, from both of them, I think Nottingham Forest are the better team. Um, I think that they've got a really good chance of getting into the playoffs. So I think they're and especially with home advantage, you know, the fans behind them, I think they're going to get a win. So I'm, I'm going to go with a, a 2-1 Forest. Yeah, I think Forest will just shade it as well. I think, you know, obviously Derby match form goes out the window. Um, but, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at it from a, a neutral point of view, I think Derby, uh, Forest, sorry, uh, uh, you know, decent at home this season. And I think, you know, even though Derby are on a, a decent-ish run, you know, one 2-0 at the weekend, I think Forrest might have a bit too much for them, so yeah, I'm going to go with you, but I'm going to go with a 1-0 Forrest win, um, but I do think it'll be a home win, you know, nonetheless. Um, moving into the second game, two teams in and around that playoff hunt, Sheffield Wednesday against Swansea. Obviously, Swansea got that win against Cardiff in their derby match a couple of weeks ago now as we're recording this, and then, you know, back that up at the weekend with, with a, a win away at Wigan. Um, getting that injury time winner Sheffield Wednesday obviously you know we talked about earlier went 2-1 at Blackburn how do you see the game going sort of from personal experience Hillsborough's a very difficult place to go do you see Sheffield Wednesday getting back to winning ways or do you think that Swansea will uh, continue sort of their, their winning run yeah, this can be a very interesting game that tells us a lot about both teams I think that Swansea um, played really well against Cardiff and, and got a deserved win but didn't think they were that great against Wigan. Um, thought they were a little bit fortunate to, to get the three points there. So um, it's going to be a, a big test for them. And I think Sheffield Wednesday are going to be looking to bounce back. Obviously, Gary Monk facing up against uh, a, the club he's probably mo- most closely linked to throughout his playing and, and managerial career so far. So it's going to be an emotional one for him. Um, I, 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 I think I'm going to go for the Sheffield Wednesday win. Um, I just... Based on that Swansea performance last week, um, they, they may have got the points, but I didn't think they were too great. And I think that Sheffield Wednesday will be looking to bounce back. And, you know, have only won one in four. Um, and will be wanting to get another win at home, especially against a, a rival team and, and to move in uh, within one point of Swansea. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip Sheffield Wednesday to win this one. I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a draw in this one. Um, obviously, Swansea coming off the back of those two, you know, good wins uh, in their last two games. Obviously, as you mentioned, Sheffield Wednesday struggled a bit in recent in recent sort of weeks. But I think, you know, back at Hillsborough, I think, you know, it is a bit of a fortress for them. And they are looking, you know, to get back into that playoff pack. Only a point outside at the moment. So, yeah, if I'm if I'm going to sit on the fence, I'm going to go for one all draw. I do think both teams will score. Um, you know, both teams find it hard to keep clean sheets at the moment, even though Swansea kept the clean sheet against Cardiff, but they have conceded a fair few goals this season. So I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm going to go with a, a one all draw in that one. Uh, and then finally, moving on to the, the last game that we'll preview for this weekend is, is Barnsley-Stoke. Probably, well, maybe not too early to be talking about a, a relegation six-pointer, but, you know, both teams in need of a win, you know, to, to sort of keep up with that pack that are now starting to pull away from the foot of the table. I think Barnsley and Stoke are the only two teams on uh, sort of single-figure points at the moment, and then ahead of them is Middlesbrough, who you do think, you know, at some point will start to get points on the board. So, vital game for both sides to, you know, put a bit of pressure on that that sort of Middlesbrough, Luton, Wigan, 
sort of bunch that are starting to pull away. How do you see the game going, Jake? I know obviously you mentioned a little bit earlier that you think Barnsley uh, have got something to build on now. Do you think that they can carry on that or do you think that Stoke can go to Barnsley and, and get some much needed points? I guess a lot depends on whether there's movement on the managerial front in Stoke and whether that could, you know, have an effect on the players. I think Stoke have definitely got the better players, but Barnsley, uh, they've drawn their last three at home. Um, you know, they haven't been winning games, but they haven't been losing them either. Um, and, I, and as I said earlier, that their performance last week was really, really good, and they were probably the better team on the day. Um, so I think they've got something to build on, scoring two goals to, to come back from 2-0 down against a team in the playoffs as well is a huge shot in the arm, and I think that that's going to carry them into this one. Um, and I think they're going to going to get the win. I'm going to go for a... It's going to be nervy. Um, I don't think there's going to be too many goals, but I'm going to go for a 1-0 Barnsley win. Yeah, I'm going to go exactly the same as you. I think, you know, watching Stoke on, on Monday night yesterday, I just can't see where their next win's going to come from. Obviously, Barnsley have been scoring goals. It's just at the other end, they've they've not been, you know, keeping enough clean sheets, which obviously that minus 15 goal difference at the moment is, is telling of that. But, you know, Stoke just don't really look like scoring, you know, when I see them play in, in recent weeks. So I think Barnsley will just shade it. I think, you know, there will be a lot of nerves around the ground. And, and I think, yeah, come sort of Saturday tea time, I think Barnsley will have put pressure on that that pack just ahead of them. So, yeah, 1-0 Barnsley as well for me. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you want to let anyone know, Jake, where they can catch you in any projects you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, cheers for listening. Get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. Uh... Right for EPL Index, and that also feature on the Premier League show on this channel, so check that one out. Yeah, and you can follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Uh, mainly tweet about Preston North End. Uh, and more importantly, you can find us on our show page, which is at Championship Pod, where each uh, recent episode is our pinned tweet. So give us a follow and you won't miss an upload. Um, thanks for joining me again today, uh, today Jake, uh, and we'll see you the next time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 